This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Um, just with some of the events, and I'm, I'm going to get over to talking about faith again, but some of the events that have happened in our society over the last few weeks from the, the tragedy in Las Vegas to the, the stuff that took place in New York City to the event in, in Sutherland Springs, Texas. These things have become where you, you think, why is this happening? What's going on? What's going on in our society? How many of you have thought that this week? You looked and think, man, how can this be happening in America? And I had this question asked me. They said, why would a loving God allow this to happen? Well, we live in a fallen world, okay? And people have a will and people can do exactly what they desire to do. Now, this is how I begin to break it down and look at it in my own life. And I think many of you will understand this. Without Jesus in your life, were you capable of making huge, huge mistakes? I was. I mean, you've probably heard me say out of my own mouth, if Jesus wouldn't be in my life, I wouldn't be doing this. I would either be dead or in prison because the life of sin. So without Jesus in human beings' lives, our lives, we are capable of doing stuff that is very uncharacteristic of how God would want us to live. True. So I'm reading all this and I'm studying and I, I came across this and I'm just going to read it. This, this is in Deuteronomy 28, verse 34. Now understand this with Deuteronomy 28. The first 14 verses of Deuteronomy uh, 28 have to do with the blessing. All the blessings are tied to obedience. When you obey the things of God, God says, man, there's blessings upon you. Starting in verse 15 through mostly like verse 63, it talks about the curse. There becomes a self-imposed curse when I choose not to obey the word of God. So I find this verse, Deuteronomy 28, verse 34, and it says, So you shall be driven mad, or you shall be driven crazy, because of the sight which your eyes see. So I begin to look at that, and I think, okay, this has fallen under the curse. And it literally comes back, and it says that the things that we see that will drive us mad is we'll begin to say, I don't know if I can handle seeing another rape, another murder. I don't know I can see a, another child molested. And, and it begins to list all these things that begin to take place in our society. The reason he's, he's bringing this up is because people have not honored and obeyed God. Now when I looked at it to start with, it was a very negative to me to think this. Woo, it's going to get crazy, guys. But the positive came to this. It said, as Christians, you hold fast to the things of God. You hang on to God unlike any other time in your life, and you pray. You don't walk in fear. You live for the kingdom of God, and God will bless you. And so, again, I, I, I want to reassure you, we win. We're going to win with God. We just keep on serving Him, and I'll be the first. I don't always understand things. And there's times in my life I've got, I got to watch getting in the flesh. 
Because when that happens, man, it, it really bothers me, especially when children are, are killed for no apparent reason. So again, it just shows you different times just how crazy the devil is, okay? So just keep trusting God, unlike any other time in your life, and God will bless you. He'll take care of us. All right, just a little side note. That, that was free. Go with me to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And as we finished last week, we were in 1 John 5. Now, you're going to James 1. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. The Amplified says, even our faith. The message says the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. So again, when we entered last, or exit or left last week, we, we really talked that the goal of the devil is to separate us from our faith. The, the devil wants us to make our faith where it's inoperative. Because again, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So he's trying to, to sever that lifeline with us called faith. Now, how does he do that? James chapter 1, begin with me in verse 1. James, a bondservant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. Okay, verse 2. My brethren, fellow believers, Christians, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Consider it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, Note he addressed this to my brethren. And when he wrote it to his brethren, he didn't say, it is joy. He said, count it all joy or consider it all joy. Now, when you look at that right there, he's telling me that when these trials come up, there's certain ways that I'm going to have to begin to view it. So he said, count it all joy when you fall. Now, when you see the word fall right there, a lot of times we view that as negative, but it's, it's, it's not associated with joy. So when I read this, he said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So I'm thinking, okay, why would I count it all joy? Is that possible to be able to do this? And if you'll note in there, he says, when you fall into various trials. He didn't say if. Now again, this was written to us as believers. So he's warning us right there. None of us are exempt from this. We're going to face some trials. Now we have to answer the question, what are trials? Trials are trials, tribulations or temptations, and tests. And if you'll note right there, he said various trials. So they're going to come at us at different angles, all right? Now, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Lord made a comment in there through the Apostle Paul. He said, listen, I won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to handle. And I will give you in a way of escape. So in that verse, it tells me a, 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 a statement that I want to address right now. Many people say, well, God will bring these things on you just to teach you a lesson. That's not true, okay? That's not God. Because if it was God and he wanted to try to teach you a lesson, why would he give us in a way to escape? So understand this, that every one of us are tempted with very, very similar stuff. 
many times people say, oh no, you're, you're not being tempted like I am. Woo, I'm going through so much more difficult things than you. Well, you're not that valuable, okay? You're not any more than any of the rest of us. We all go through various trials like he says. So the only way I'm going to avoid these trials is for me to go home and be with Jesus. i got to leave this earth. But if you live here on this earth, you're going to be tested, you're going to be tried, and you're going to be tempted. So the key of verse number two is, if I'm going to have these various trials, how do I view them? How do I approach them? Because he's warned me and you, this is going to happen. Verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, when you look at this, these trials he's talking about are designed to test your faith. If you'll note there, he didn't say you will be tested. He said your faith will be tested. Read it again. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So if my, if my faith is going to be tested, that tells me that these tests, these trials, these, these temptations, they're all aimed at my faith. And so when these begin to happen, the goal of the devil here is to separate you from the faith. And so I, I liken it kind of like he tries to start a little brush fire here in your life. And he starts to put another little brush fire here in your life. And he puts a brush fire there and a brush fire there and a brush. And so before long, he's got you going from this one and this one. This, and you're trying to put them out. The goal of all that is to get our focus and our eyes off of the things of God. So when I'm going through these, remember this, that this is his goal. Because he knows if I can get them where they, they, they get away from their faith. And what's our faith? The faith is based on the word of God. When I can get them away from the word of God, I got them where they're focusing more on the circumstances instead of the promise. Keep reading. You guys don't seem very convinced yet. But let patience have its perfect work. Let patience have its perfect work. Now, as I look at that, I, I go back and I think, so I'm going through all these, these tests, these trials. And he says patience again. So when we look at all this and break this down, the, the testing carries the idea of proving genuineness. Just how genuine. The trials here that he's talking about serve as a discipline to purge our faith. It strips away what is all is false. But a patience is a steadfast endurance. It just remains steady and says, you know what? I'm going to hang on to the things of God. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the word of God is working mightily in me. So I hang on to the word, I hang on to the word. So he goes on to say, back to verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work. The Amplified says the thorough work. And he goes on to say that you may be perfect. The word perfect there means that you may be fully developed. 
spiritually your faith, that your faith will mature. Now, when I look at this in this passage, it's like he's saying the only way that your and my faith is going to be fully developed or fully matured is to go through these things. Again, it's kind of like running a race. You really don't realize how good a shape you're in until you actually get put in the race. Well, it's the same with our faith. We really, really don't know what's on the inside of us or where we stand until we get into the battle. So these tests and the trials, they come as a battle. He goes on to say here, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask a God who gives to all liberally or generously and without reproach. Now that word reproach means to behave in a very juvenile or immature manner. So he says he gives liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. Now it's interesting to me that he says if any of you lacks faith or lacks wisdom, what are we supposed to do? Ask. How do you ask? You got to open your mouth. I mean, if, if, if I wanted a, a cookie from Paul, I wouldn't just look at Paul. Again, I'd say, hey, Paul, can I have one of those cookies? Well, again, that's the same with God. The way we ask God is we open our mouth and say, Father God, I ask you this. So he says right here, if any of you ask, lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord. Now, it's very interesting where he goes in verse 6, 7, and 8. He goes on to say, but let him ask in faith. Now, this is a great, great verse right here. Note something. He didn't say, just ask. He said, let him ask in faith. So for me to ask in faith, number one, that means I must believe. But when I look at the wording here and he tells me you, we must ask in faith. What is my faith a byproduct of? The only way I get faith is by hearing the word of God. So when he tells me to ask in faith, is he telling me that I need to be asking according to the word of God? I believe that's exactly what he's telling us. So he said, ask in faith. Ask in faith. Now, if you don't want to write anything down tonight, write this down. My prayers reflect my belief in God. Let me say that one more time for you. My prayers reflect my belief in God. So if I'm praying little bitty prayers, that's my view of God. He's a little bitty God. I told the Tuesday night prayer group last night, I said, I'm telling you right now, the Lord has raised the bar in my life. You know what God's saying? Pray big prayers. Pray prayers that you look and say, the only way that can happen is God. And it challenged me to say, you know what, I I believe in a big God. Some of you have heard me say this before. I call him Jehovah Mega because he's big. And so he's a big God. You think, and I, I used this analogy last night. The man Elijah, it hadn't rained for three years. Three years. I mean, that's a crazy drought. Can you imagine how Lubbock would look after three years of no rain? Bad enough when we do get rain. Three years. And you know what he says? He says to the little messenger boy, he said, listen, buddy, go tell Ahab it's fixing to rain. It hadn't rained in three years. That's a big prayer. 
And so guess what happens? He prays for rain. He sends the little messenger boy out and says, anything changed? And he said, nothing's changed. He prays again and he sends him out again. The little messenger boy comes back and says nothing. This keeps going on, keeps going on. I'm sure the little messenger boy, he's wearing out, running back and forth, looking out to the ocean if he sees anything. I wonder if he looked at him and said, Eli, you're smoking some crazy dope. Man, look. But the seventh time, you know what it showed me? He prayed with patience. He prayed with an endurance. He said, you know what? I trust God this much. I don't care if I keep praying and keep praying. God's going to move. It's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, out of the ocean, this little bitty cloud the size of a hand. Can you imagine a hand coming up? My little hand in the bathtub would look small, but a hand in the ocean. And he said, go tell Ahab to put his rain boots on. It's fixing to rain. It's fi-. See, that's the prayers God wants us to pray. And he said, you ask in faith. Keep reading. With no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of sea driven and tossed by the wind. So when we get over the word of of doubting, it literally is divided loyalty. I trust God one day, but I look at the circumstances the next day. And so when I have divided a loyalty to God in my prayer life, it's almost like I'm treating the Word of God as human opinion. And when I treat God like human opinion, that means I can disobey it because then I can have an out. You don't have to make excuses for God. We just pray and we believe God and I stand on it. That's why it's so important we get a hold of the Word of God because when God tells us His Word, that's what He's going to do. God doesn't give us his word, and then he sits up in heaven with his fingers crossed and says, Woo, I hope this happens. We'll get on that in a little bit more. Keep reading here with me. Verse number 7. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord when I doubt. He is a double-minded man. And when I'm a double-minded man, it means I vacillate. I believe God today. I don't believe God today. And because of this, he said, he is unstable in all his ways. So I began to look at that and I thought, I can be unstable, but God's not unstable. Psalms 119 verse 89 says this, Forever, O Lord, Your word is settled in heaven forever. Meaning, God's word does not change. So I begin to look at that and I think, okay, Father God, if your word doesn't change, what did you do to cause the word of God to come alive right here on earth? Because that verse says the word of God is forever settled in heaven. But God says in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, He says, Your kingdom come, your will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. So now i got to say, all right, Father God, how does your word come alive here on earth? Look with me in, in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55, and this is verse number 11. All oh, this is good right here. 
This is an incredible passage. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It, the word that goes forth from my mouth, shall not return to me void or empty. But it, the word that goes out of my mouth, shall accomplish what I please. And it, the word that goes out of my mouth, shall prosper in the very things for which I sent it. Now, you know how God caused the word that's forever settled in heaven to come alive? He began to speak it out of his mouth. To look at that biblically, you go back to Genesis 1 and 10 different times, and God said, and God said. So the way we cause the word of God to come alive, we begin to speak what the word of God says out of our mouth, and it shall not return void, it shall not return empty. So now as a believer, i got to get to the place where again, each week we've gone back and it comes back. i got to speak the word out of my mouth over and over and over. Even Shelly quoted it tonight. She said in, in Psalms 34, King David said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my ears. That's not what it said. It said his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My mouth. So guess what? All day long, I can just start speaking the word of God out of my mouth. I, if I'm not speaking the word, I start praising God. I can tell you this. I don't, I don't sing very well, except in the shower. I cut a lot of albums in the shower. And I sing all day long. Man, I'm just, I, I love to sing these songs that our praise and worship team sings because so many of them are scripture. So again, if the Word of God comes alive by God speaking it out of His mouth, what about me and you? Here's another verse. Write this one down. Romans 10, 8. He said, the Word of God is nigh or near you in your mouth and in your heart. How does the Word of God become near me? Man, i got, I got, I got to keep speaking it. And I keep speaking it. And I keep obeying the Word of God. Got one more scripture. Got time for one more. Go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. So again, ask in faith. Man, when you're going through these trials and tribulations, you just begin to trust God. Just believe God. Put your arms around God and say, Father God, I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to trust you unlike any other time. And keep speaking the word. I heard this today. You're going to Hebrews 6. I heard this today. Woo, it was good. They used the analogy of RPG. We would think of a rocket-propelled pro, uh, grenade. That wasn't what it was. He said RPG is the R is for read. You've got to read the Word of God. The P is pray. I've got to learn to pray day by day by day. Watch the G. The G stands for go. You've got to go to church. And when I quit doing those fundamentals of RPG, I get into trouble. So again, when you see the Word of God, what was God's advice to Joshua in Joshua 1.8? He said, listen, buddy, this book of the Word of God, it's got to get in your mouth. Speak it out of your mouth. Meditate, recite it in your mind. And ultimately, do you do it? That's James 1. Be a doer of the Word, not here only. And again, he said, then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Who speak the word? Speak the word. Hebrews 6, verse 12. 
that you do not become sluggish. That you do not become lazy. Now he's talking spiritually. So this warning right here, you know what he just does? He wouldn't warn us not to become sluggish spiritually or lazy if that wasn't a possibility. RPG, stay with it, stay with it. But imitate those who through faith, who through faith and patience, endurance, inherit the promises. So right there, he goes back to almost everything that we read there in James 1, almost identical, that he says, keep in faith. What is faith? The word is near me. i got to get the word in me. The way the word comes alive is I begin to speak it, and I speak it, and I speak it, and seek it, and then I just stay patient. All right, Father God, I know your word's working. I know it's working. I'm just going to trust you. Now, this is what I really got over on this afternoon, verses 13 and 14. For when God made the promise to Abraham, what if we change that just a little bit tonight? And we said, for when God made a promise to Felix, when God made a promise to Ben, When God made a promise to Rick and Miranda, because he could swear by no greater one, he swore by himself, saying, saying, surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. So God's design right here in his own life, his own heart was this. I'm going to say that. God said that about Abraham. He said, listen, Abe, I want to bless you. I want to multiply you. So what happens in our life when we can find scripture where God says this about us and he said that about us? What would happen if I just started agreeing with that? That's what Abraham began to do. He started living on the word of God and he said, you know what? This is what God said about me. This is all Genesis 12. God said, I'll bless you. I'll multiply you. I'll make your name great, and I'll bless you to be a blessing. So guess what Abraham began to figure out? I might as well get in agreement with God, what God said about me. And so if Abraham got in agreement with God, what about me and you? See, the Word of God will work for every one of us. God's no respecter of persons. That's Acts 10, 34. God said he's no respecter of persons. So if God would do that to Abraham, he'll do that for me. But something happens when I get over in faith. And I said, this is what God said about me. I'm not going to trust God. I'm just going to believe God. Now, your homework for this week, your homework assignment is pray big prayers. Pray like it's all up to you and believe like it's all up to God. I said, man, Father God, I'm so you know what he's done? He stretched me and he stretched me. It's, it's almost like, and, and this is how God will speak to me. He may speak to you differently, but it's like God will say to me, I double-dog dare you. Step on out by faith. Jump on out there and begin to pray big prayers. Begin to stand and say, okay, Father God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. 
because this is what your word said. So again, we go back to, to, to the faith. The faith is all off of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing, hearing. So what are you hearing? You got you to get in the book. And then you want the book to come alive? The rhema. It means the spoken word. I start saying the word. I start saying the word. Put it to song. Put it, if you get around me, I will sing a lot of the Bible, okay? Beloved, let us love one another. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love, First John 4, 7 and 8. How about this one? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. That's, that's Romans 8 too. And so growing up, I would just begin to put, and I don't sing very well, but oh my gosh, it would begin to paint a picture on the inside of me. And I'd just begin to sing. So I sing the word, I'll sing the word, I'll sing it, I'll sing it. That's why when our praise and worship team sings these songs that are full of the word, get that on this. Ooh, you're speaking that out of your mouth. And God said, let there be light. There was light. And God said, and God said, just the power of our tongue again. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.